All right. Well, good morning, everyone. I've got two screens working here. One because I use a docking station at home when I'm um, when I'm doing this, so I don't have the the webcam there. So I got my iPad fired up. So if I go back and forth, I apologize uh, for that. But I'm looking at you guys either way. Um, we are in our. I feel like this is a sermon. We're in the third part of a four part series on. Uh, on FCA's core values, and we're going to hit uh, teamwork this time. We'll finish up with excellence next week. And this is one that I had fun thinking about. And again, as we go through the interview process, how do we evaluate a candidate on uh, the concept of, of teamwork here? And I thought, you know, there's going to be some of the typical questions of, you know, have you ever worked on a team before? Have you ever been a lead? And, and I thought, yeah, we can determine some of the superficial level answers as we want to evaluate. But I really think we have an opportunity to go deeper. Uh, and that is evaluating how this person would fit into the team. Um, there's certainly the binary yes or no. They are a team player and they are worthy of consideration to FCA or they're not. And arguably they're gonna have a tough time doing almost anything that requires collaboration. However, I think there's an opportunity here to figure out how they fit into the team, uh, which we can also talk about the spiritual gifts assessment that um, where we get from Diana Myers and, um, uh, and the spiritual fingerprint for Gifts of Grace Ministries and how that, that fits in. So whether you're a team of one looking to double the size of your team to a team of two, or you do have a set of folks that are already on your team, you're trying to figure out how to to fill in, I think this is, uh, this is worthy of, of conversation here. All right, hey, Dave, are you there? No, Dave. I, hey. Hey, you weren't, you weren't on mute, so I was just gonna ask if you could open us up in prayer here. Yes, sir. All right. Father, thank you for this uh, team. Thank you for Jeff and his leadership uh, to organize uh, this this group and this discussion. Um, Lord, we just uh, know that you are the, uh, the the great head coach, the the leader of us all, and that uh, you have organized our team and you're helping us to figure out how to uh, invite, continue to invite and work with people that are being called by you. Uh, to be a part of uh, this ministry. So help us to uh, to listen to one another, help us to discern uh, all the good things that are that are uttered here, but really to what is best uh, so that we can uh, continue to uh, advance this mission and um, and grow it through uh, inviting more people to be a part of this uh, great FCA team here in the Northeast. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave. So I had the uh, I had the pleasure of traveling New England. Uh, I think all but Melissa, we didn't quite catch up with uh, with you this trip. But excited to see you in maybe six weeks or so. How, how far out are we from maybe eight weeks from um, from summit? But had occasion to meet with a couple of staff candidates uh, as a part of the trip, and is also really encouraged by meeting with the other staff that we had the opportunity. Sean and I had the opportunity to meet with, and I was at a lunch yesterday that we thought might go an hour, hour and a half, and I think went a solid three hours. And part of the conversation was around um, the team that we have. So all of us that are here on the phone, and you guys in particular. And I find myself often describing, and I hope this isn't considered a prideful thing, but that we are the very best team. 
Um, and I, I often find myself saying, I would put this team up against any team across the country, whether it's FCA, maybe competitively, you know, we'll take them in basketball. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I, I just think this is, this is the very best team. And because of that, we have an expectation to hire the very best into this team. And, and that's what we keep doing here is keep bringing in the very best people uh, that God's called and prepared to join. So it's just, it's pretty wild for me to see. And I still consider myself a relatively new guy on the team here. And it's just amazing to take a step back every once in a while and take a look at that. And so with that, it's critical that as we continue to add staff or more teammates, that they fit into the team as a part of that. And uh, I wanted to make sure I read quickly here the scripture that is associated with our um, with teamwork for, for FCA, just to, I guess, ground us uh, in the word here, but it's Christ's example of humility. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so if that's to, if that's to set us, right, um, that's the context in which we're bringing people into the team. Ah, oh, Melissa, wedding verse. That's awesome. I went to a wedding this past weekend with Becky, and it was uh, love is patient, love is kind. And if that's not the, the 99 percenter for weddings, I don't know what is. We certainly had it right at ours. So, but this is great. So I think about, we talked about um, serving and servant leadership, right? So I think these go hand in hand as we're thinking about uh, bringing others into the team. So as folks sit there and think about different ways that you would consider evaluating people, um, you know, first off, what do you think the importance is relative to integrity serving and excellence, how teamwork, I guess, fits into the mix? Does anybody count one of our core values above the other? Saw. I was just thinking, you know, hard to, hard to um, demonstrate service without teamwork. Mm. If you're on a team, I guess, uh, you know, if you're, if you're on your own, then, um, you know, you certainly have teamwork, but not, not with the, not with your FCA team, I guess you would say. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, we've all, we've talked a lot about, um, servant leadership and, uh, but definitely, um, you know, whether you're serving the leader or you are the leader serving, um, your staff, then that's a huge part of teamwork. I like it. So this is timely, Jeff, um, this discussion. I was uh, at a meeting this morning, <clears throat> one of our board members. Um, I'm actually going through this book right now, our staff here in upstate New York, if you guys have ever seen this book, The Secret of Team. Um, it's good. I, I wouldn't say it's like the best book I've ever read, but it's not bad. Um, but uh, I was part of the, the process of this book of challenges you to go sit down with people that are that lead organizations and talk about teamwork with them. Right. So um, I asked him this morning, can you rate on a scale of one to five, 
every member of the team, whether or not every member of your team thinks about the business holistically. Five being yes, yes they do, absolutely agree, and one being they we don't ever. It was interesting, he said, he said, I give it, I give it a three and a half, and here's why. Because there's some people in our organization that are really great people, amazing people, that are really good at their jobs, that are terrible teammates. I just thought that was interesting. Because you can be, you can be, you can have great integrity, you can really serve and do your job and do what you're supposed to do, but you cannot be a good teammate. And he spoke to just like what the elements of teamwork are. So I, th- I would, uh, to answer your question, put, um, you know, really high value on it because I think it's, uh, it, it is important. So That's good. So <clears throat> I didn't think about <clears throat> this particular topic being something that we could be introspective on and evaluate ourselves on as a part of that. And maybe that's a whole second version of going through the core values, maybe, I don't know, nine months or a year from now, but where are we as we think about talent ourselves and our teams across those, uh, those dimensions? <clears throat> maybe we'll let uh, folks do integrity on their own. Uh, but I, I, I do think that this is, I do think that this is critical and I've described uh, to many of you before, if you've heard, but, um, but I wasn't a great individual contributor. I required, in order to, to achieve success, a, a great team. And so I'm hopeful that I had great practice uh, being a great teammate to others, um, as I often needed from them and hoped that <clears throat> if they needed something that was to be, to be grabbed off a top shelf and they couldn't reach it, they may rely on me at six foot five to, uh, to help them there. That's a bad joke that went flat, not even one smile on the screen. So thanks Dave for, uh, for at least not, oh, thank you, Amanda, uh, the pity smile. So, <clears throat> uh, I, so here's one of the things that, um, I was thinking about some questions that we could ask to generate conversation around this as we were to interview folks here. Um, and I, I, I really enjoy asking people to self-disclose um, challenges that they've had. And so what I would attempt to do in an interview is to build that rapport. <clears throat> and I might, um, I might share something or disclose something about myself in the area that I want to, you know, test with them so as to allow them to feel comfortable sharing. Okay. So there was a time where I, I worked on a team and I had for a six month period, the absolute worst boss supervisor manager that I've ever had in now my uh, 22 years since, since uh, graduating college. And, and it was hard. Um, and there was a question that was asked, what, what percentage effort are you willing to put forth when you've worked for the very best leader you've ever worked for? Or maybe the best team you've ever worked on? What was your, your level of effort? And I was sitting in a group of people and they said 200%, 150%, 110%, but nobody went less than 100 when they were on that great team working for a great leader. And then they turned around and asked us the question, so for the worst leader and the worst team you've been a part of, what's, what effort have you, were you willing to put in, the very, you know, the top level? And, uh, and I gave 80, and somebody gave 50, and one gentleman said zero. And I share that because I wasn't giving my best as a part of that team as I was a part of that team that was dysfunctional with leadership that was absent 
And so I may share that. So you guys have versions of this, right? Whether it's a sports team that you played on that you just didn't want to give it your all because they weren't giving it their all, right? Um, maybe we were younger and we matured into it in, into where we became a leader and stepped up in those environments. Yet you'll, I would encourage you guys to share maybe with somebody an example of that. And then you may turn around and ask them, have you ever had difficulty working with a manager? Um, how do you feel about working on a team? Uh, how do you feel about working in a team environment? And I suspect that folks will give the answer, you know, yeah, I love it. Or that's great. Or that's why I want to join. But when you get to ask the questions around, have you had difficulty working in a scenario? Um, then I want to dig in with the why. So they may share, yeah, there was one time and this happened. And I'd say, why? I'd, I'd want to go deeper on that and start to understand why that's the case. Does that, does that make sense? Is that are folks tracking with? with that piece there. Um, <laughs> the other one here is, do you prefer working uh, in a team environment or independently? And so what do people think, what would be the, if you were hiring, let's say for an area rep position, and we can try it again for, for a director position after this, but if you were hiring for a rep position, um, do you prefer working independently or, or on a team? What would you like the answer to be? What do you think is going to position them for success? Can you repeat the question, Jeff? Yep. Do you prefer teamwork or working independently? So again, for an area rep. Okay, so like? do we prefer the person that we're hiring, do we prefer for them to prefer working by themselves or with others? Is that what, yep. That's what you're asking, right? So, okay. so you're asking them, exactly, you're asking them this question, and yeah. what would you like them to respond with? Yeah, I would like them to respond with they want to work with others. And not even just if they're in an area by themselves. If they are in an area by themselves, they still need to build a board of volunteers. They still need to interact with huddle coaches build a group of donors and be able to communicate and humbly work with other people. So I think any role in FCA, you're going to need to have to work with people. And so if they're saying, I want to work by myself all the time. It's that to me, that's, that's a red flag. I mean, there's a difference between working by yourself and being introverted. You know, if they're introverted, cool, but are they able and wanting to work with other people still within their you know, within their framework and what works for them. And that, that to me is really important. Anybody have a, a similar or opposing view? I actually look at it like this. Hopefully you can hear me. We have crying children in the cafe right now, but um, I actually would like to hear them give an answer where they're, where both is what they, mm -hmm. they, they can operate by themselves and they can operate within a team because and it sounds a little bit like a cop-out answer, but if you think about it, we do have to have volunteers, a board, donors. We can't do it without a team. But what about database maintenance? What about keeping track of who we've reached out to? How do we keep track of you know, things we can do on our own that if they're not – if they don't have the drive that we want them to have, they're not going to succeed on their own when they have time by themselves. If they don't have a team around them immediately, they're going to say, well, I guess I can goof off and go play video games or something. 
I mean, it's my thought is they need to be able to do both successfully in order to succeed successfully. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, Mark, I don't think that's a cop out at all. In fact, as I thought about this question earlier, I wondered if somebody said, I really enjoy working independently, if that would disqualify them. Right? Not in a technical sense, but we in our, in our minds and our hearts as we're interviewing them go, I don't think they're right for FCA. And I don't know that's the case. I mean, we have a, we have a large geography to cover um, in some cases with the uh, population. So it takes a while to get places. And, and it may be somebody that really does enjoy working independently uh, as a part of that. doesn't mean they won't come together as a team. Um, but they may, they may like that. So, you know, I, I think about uh, disciples being sent off two by two. And I thought, is a team of two truly a team uh, as a part of that? And so I thought sports. And, yeah, I think, you, I think it absolutely can be. I think about doubles tennis. I think about, uh, you know, match play and, uh, and golf maybe. And there's certainly other examples of, of two. So, you know, if it's biblical that we were sent out, um, if the disciples were sent out two by two, isn't there a direction that we ought to be sent out as a team? And so people ought to have some propensity to want to engage with others and work as a team. And so anything else on this before we move on to a slightly, slightly different topic? I, I agree with, uh, with Mark answer, Mark's answer. Um, but I also was thinking about what Amanda said and, um, I, I think, you know, our, we're obviously FCA is a relational ministry and, and, uh, if we're not able to work, uh, in a team environment, then, you know, how are we going to be able to start a, start a huddle in a, in a school? How are we going to be able to, um, uh, attract donors? How are we going to be able to attract board members? So I, I think, I think Mark's on, um, you know, but I think there is a huge need uh, to be able to work in a team and to, and to want to be a part of a team because you're going to, uh, you need to have those people skills and, you know, being flexible and, and all that other stuff because, uh, you know, we're such a relational ministry. Wow. I, I think about, and I, I, I don't want to talk from a lacrosse perspective because I feel like we do that often, but it's my one example right now. So if you'll forgive me, but, Actually, we could use New England Leadership Camp. Uh, we can use uh, Kutztown Camp. We can use uh, Training Camp, our largest camp in the region. Um, it's not just the lacrosse, FCA lacrosse ministry that serves there. It's people are driving in from all over. And it's not just, uh, it's not just the main staff, right, that are running uh, New England Leadership Camp. Uh, the folks are heading in from New Hampshire and Massachusetts and uh, maybe New York this year, I'm not sure, Vermont. And, and it's, so it's, um, it's pretty... It's pretty awesome to see that. And so that leads me to what Dave spoke about. And Dave, I'm glad, I'm glad that you brought it up. But um, how important is it, do you guys think, to, to have a holistic view? Or if you think about people tell, well, that's a 30,000 foot view. So you're in the airplane and you got to take a look at things. But how important is it for, how important is it for Tony Billington, area rep in Maine, to understand you know, the, the goals for FCA either in the region or maybe even just within the state of Maine. Hey, Tony, if you see this, uh, I haven't spoken to you in a while. 
but pick pick somebody, right? And Tony came to mind as I was just thinking about Maine and was there two days ago. But how important is it for our team to have a, a broader view versus just their own KTVs or their own uh, goals for the year? This may be an example of the same people not wanting to answer again. They may have an opinion, but think, I don't want to be that kid in class that answers every question. All right. I can call on people. Hey, but, I, yo. I can jump. Hey, Jeff, I'll jump in. Mike Vining. Uh, I, I think that the, it's, it's very important that they know because you have to, you have to meet the goals at the uh, area level to roll, and they roll up to the goals at the uh, – state level and the regional level and the national level so if we're not doing you know the goals all kind of come together so we need to have effective huddles effective coaches huddles effective ministry at the local level to reach our goals of of uh, you know impacting the world for jesus christ through coaches and athletes and that won't happen if you're not doing it right at the local level well said mark um I kind of look at – I kind of the toe, the toenail a bit off of what um, what Mike just said. I think on the local level, if we want to look at, like, 3D coaching, it's what we're trying to accomplish on the local level. When you have the 30,000-foot view, that's the why. Why are we doing what we're doing on the local level? And then we have to build – for example, you mentioned Tony. I was thinking about him, about him earlier in our previous, you know, topic. And – as someone who has to be a self-starter because he's in the middle of Maine by himself right now, but he needs to come to a point where he realizes he needs a team. So then he can achieve his local goals that we together. But why does he, why does he want to achieve those goals? That's what the 30,000 foot view is for. This is what the ultimate goal is. I mean, glory through glory to God and bringing people to know Christ, but what is the overarching goal and how to, how do the goals that we set on a local level attach to that? And I think that's kind of what we have to look at. That too is good. So, you know, in sport, uh, we all have roles to play on a team, right? In basketball, we got the one through fives. We got the ball handlers, the shooters. Uh, as they get bigger, playing down low after that. And they all need to be able to play their own role, right? And do it well. Yet, if you just do your role well uh, and aren't aware that the overall goal is to win the game, right, uh, then I think that uh, I think we're missing an opportunity. So I think as we're taking a look at our, our teammates uh, and potential new teammates, right, that we're looking at, do they see the broader picture? And do, are there examples of them in their current vocation um, or their, maybe they're college students right now? a great opportunity to say team projects that you've been on, right? Um, maybe your role in a given project is at research in a certain area um, and you can provide that. And that's great if you did a wonderful job, but if the person doing the grammar editing and the writing or the other piece doesn't do it, then, you know, you're going to get a C, right? And that's not what you're shooting for there. So, um, so I guess what my takeaway from this would be that people that can see the broader view it's really important. And it may mean they need to sacrifice what they're doing sometimes to go serve and help somebody else out. Um, and then, and then double down on theirs going forward. 
Um, there may be a time where, you know, somebody falls ill and who is going to lead program isn't there. You need somebody to step up and do it, right? Uh, there's just, I think there are probably countless examples, many more that you guys can think of being on the front line there, maybe that I can't even. But having people that are willing to step up and do that. People that are willing to, um, to help you get kids to your camp, which may, might mean that they don't head to their camp that they're running later, right? But they appreciate that for the, the broader good, it may be best for that student athlete or maybe to get that coach plugged in for this camp but not the other. And that selflessness, right, as being part of a team there. So, Jeff, I don't know if you were looking for ways in which to practically discern this, um, but a thought could be, um, you know, because that's really the where the rubber is going to meet the road. Like, how do we actually know? Somebody could say, I'm a great team player. Do you think holistically about your organization? Of course I do, you know. Um, so the question would be, uh, you know, I would maybe ask the candidate to state, so for the organization you currently work for and every everyone therein that you've been a part of, what is the core mission or purpose of that organization? So I would ask that person to it, define it, share it. And then you could say, give me one example in the last 30 days of something you did that wasn't part of that that contributed to that mission. And then just listen to them talk about what they've done. And, you know, if I was Josh Sanoga um, in FCA, I'd say, you know, I went to a motocross camp and served for an entire week and I really didn't want to go do it. <laughs> you know, not throwing Josh under the bus, but you know, he, he stepped in and filled a role that, you know, he's like, if you need me, I'm there you know, I'll go do it. And now he had a great experience. He would share that with you and it was awesome. But to me, that's a, that's a teammate. Like, Hey, what do you, you know, like that's an example. Like he didn't have to do it. It's not his area. It wasn't, is it wasn't in his goals. Really? He just said, what do you need on there? You know? Yep. So he would, that would be something I'd look for, you know, maybe just a thought. No, I got to go buy a motorbike. But <laughs> Now he's in, now he's hooked. expensive camp. And now he's hooked. So, Dave, I think that's right, and, and that's the examples, right? Asking for examples of what people have done. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to think that somebody in their last role or job or college project is going to be dramatically different when they come to FCA. Or the way they operated FCA is then getting, you know, the next place is going to be dramatically different for them, right? I think people operate sort of within this. You're either – you're either a super high performer and you're, you, no matter what you do, you're over here or in our, maybe for us, there's just people that are good B players and that's okay to be a B player, right? Really is you need those teammates and they're just going to be B players wherever they go and they're just going to work hard and they're going to grind it out and that's it. So I think testing for examples for what they've done previously um, is important as well. I used to have this, uh, this challenge. Well, no, I shouldn't say used to, I still do. I have this, I have this, uh, uh, it's the coach in me. You watch the player on film and you're like, you see something, you're like, oh, they're never going to do that when they get to college. They're just really good at this one thing. And then you get them and you're like, man, they, they are not as good as I thought they were going to be. You know, like I have this, this hope for like, you know, I guess myself and my life and others, you know, that we, we can take into an interview hoping that somebody can fill a role that's so desperately needed that we elevate their capability in something uh, to 
and that I think being realistic and like you said, citing examples and expecting that people can grow. We've all grown, but they're probably going to enter into a space doing things the way they've been doing it. I think that's a critical piece and to not in our minds blow past something like this and be like, Oh, when they get here, they're going to be a great teammate, even though they've never been a teammate in their entire life. You know, it's just not going to magically happen. Um, I think that's a good point. Mike, were you going to say something? I was. How could you tell that? Uh, uh, well, two things. One, you just, you just described my entire softball to you. But anyway, that's a different subject. <laughs> uh, uh, I will uh, – I, I thought of something that may be off topic, but it, it, I think it would be a good topic for us to discuss at another time and maybe with Nate or even up, up in Vermont. But one thing we talked about the field level, what I noticed when I was new on staff, I was surprised that there was no model huddle. Like, what is what does the FCA typical campus huddle look like? And what do you want it to look like? Because as I went around to the huddles that we had, everyone was unique, was different, and not uniquely different, but different in the way they went about it. Some were using the Bible, some were not. Some were using different types of materials. I reached out to Margo, and she gave me some some stuff that she had put together. But, you know, I think that's it getting back to the other goal about reaching our KTV goals and the regional and national level, what does, and what model, what are we striving to reach at our campus huddles at these, at the high schools and the junior highs? And, and uh, I think that I haven't been able to find anything that says this is how a huddle should be run beginning to end. I know the goal, I know the idea, but exactly how it should be run. Got it. And if, someone gonna... has, if someone has that, I'd be interested in, in seeing it. And I will uh, pass it along to, to Nathan and Margot as well for potential coverage, as you said, in, um, in ministry advancement. Mike, that's really good. And I know huddles are on, the, on your mind right now, given where you are in transition. So, yeah. That is true. Yep. Good. Well, we are at and past time here and uh for those of you that have uh, participated today thank you again it's huge to have the the dialogue and even as i sit here i'm jotting notes down and learning for conversations i'm going to have later today and tomorrow and going forward um so again just to, to recap here um i want to read the scripture one more time just so so we have that here so philippians 2 1 through 4 so there's any encouragement in christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit any affection and sympathy complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only at his own interests, but also at the interests of others. So uh, Saul talked about serving, right, as sort of being woven into this as well as part of teamwork. That, that makes so much sense to me here. Somebody used the term relational ministry, and that's, that is the truth. I mean, we're not standing at the pulpit talking at people, and then we get to go dive into our car and pull away and then prepare for next week's sermon. That's not it at all And what we do here. Dave's example I thought was great was having somebody describe what's the overall mission and vision for their organization, how they contributed to that um, in the past week. And by the way, if they can't describe the overall mission and vision, that's interesting, or at least that of their division or wherever they are, right? Um, I can't come up with an example. Um, Two more things. One, I believe when we interview, we will typically interview through rose-colored glasses. We really want, we need somebody for the role. We're excited for somebody for the role. 
and we're not a typical place where, you know, we pay twice the industry average and you walk in that day and we've got the greatest benefits and a foosball table and, you know, whatever else in the office. We just don't have that. So if somebody's willing to even consider applying, we get excited about. So we need to make sure that we're not just willing somebody into it or overlooking certain things, but really being honest with ourselves and with them, you know, are they the right person? And, and know this, because we started with this, know this, we have the best team. God has created an outstanding team here. And it's not through uh, lowering the bar. If anything, the bar has been really high, which has probably caused us to not grow with new staff as fast as we could, but that's okay. It's about having the right, uh, it's the right, uh, right team. And until then, maybe a foosball table will answer a lot of the, the struggles that we have. Thanks, Josh, for the comment there. Uh, not sure for those that will watch the recording where they see the comments, but they are quite, uh, quite amusing. So, all right. Well, I'll close this real quick here, guys. Father, thank you for the dialogue, the opportunity for us to come together. Lord, just uh, let what we learn here just really penetrate us. And as we go on and may not interview somebody or may not meet somebody for, for weeks or maybe even you know, longer than that, Lord, that we remember back to this very conversation, Lord, and uh, remember what's been shared and, and know that you, you are calling the very best, Lord, uh, to this FCA team so that we can do the very best for you. Uh, thank you for each of my teammates here. I pray they would have an awesome uh, balance of their week. Pray for those that are traveling out there. And Sean, who's in Canada today uh, for a Canadian uh, FCA summit, Lord, that you just be with them as they're looking to grow their team. Uh, all to the end, Lord, of, uh, of just glorifying you and, and building your kingdom here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Have a great day. Amen.